All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the goddamn podcast in in Sintonia, as we would say in the Dominican Republic. With us in the goddamn room is none other than a 12-year fight veteran. My man knows his shit from top to bottom. He's got his own company. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Please give a nice warm welcome to our boy, Michael Sharp Sanders, my man. I disconnected. I don't know what happened. Am I back in? It's all good. Give me a second. Um, I just did the, the studio check-in, so go ahead and just you know say hello to the people. What's going on? What's going on? Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing? Hey, man, it's it's been a minute since we talked, but even then, you know, we've been training for a while. Um, you know, yeah, man. Personal, amazing coaching and great staffing, and um, the way that you break things down, it always makes more sense when I'm seeing it Thank with you. Man. Thank you. It's all There's about basics, fundamentally. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start off with the first question. I'll let you do your piece. You hear uh, like a small silence in between that point. That's perfectly fine. We'll go right back to it. I just want to give you enough time to talk. We'll take it nice and slow. Starting with this first question. Uh, in order to understand the present and catch a glimpse of the future, I do believe we got to see a little bit of the past. With that in mind, can you tell me what was Mike like as a child? Man, uh, my childhood was, you know, confusing time. You know, I like the, I think I'm a completely different person uh, than I was when I was a child. I grew up. So I was born in Camden, in New Jersey. I lived there until I was about four. Uh, but with the riots that happened in the 93, we had to move out of there pretty fast. I moved to uh, Patterson. So long story short, I, I bounced from like uh, one ghetto to another until about 12 years old, I was able to start schooling in a suburban area. Uh, and it, it was a lot less corny to be into comic books. It was a lot less corny to be into like, um, you know, hero figures. So I was able to really become myself when I didn't have to worry about my image as much. Uh, so my geek and my nerd just kind of blossomed, I guess. And, you know, the rest is up and down. But, uh, you know, I grew up in a really weird household. I'm the only black kid in an all-white household. Uh, but we're all related by blood somehow, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's a story for another day. But uh, I grew up around a lot of diversity. I grew up around a lot of uh, a lot of um, chaos, you could say. Uh, so I guess it really made me comfortable in the chaos, comfortable in the craziness of most situations. Like I, um, I find myself relatively calm when everybody's freaking. That's usually a really good thing to have, you know. Uh, James Mad Dog Mattis, you know, it's, uh, it's Veterans Day weekend. But General Mad Dog Mattis is to know tend to be known for that. There was a guy that said that he was in a firefight for eight hours, and he said that this dude was as cool as a cucumber being shot. Cool as a cucumber. Like, Happy Veterans Day to everybody too, by the way. I know what I do is tough, but I never match up to anybody. Thank you, man. I'm as a prior service guy myself. I feel really great about that as well. I had a lot of great guys still serving, and I got to serve with a lot of amazing people. But we're gonna go yeah. back to Mike because we need Sharp more than anything right now. Um, how did you get started in martial arts, and what was your journey like? Like, Talk about that for a little bit. So it's funny because a lot of people think that my start in martial arts came from, like, growing up in gritty, tough settings. Uh, so you would think that naturally I would just be prone to fighting. And, yeah, there was a lot of fighting when I was a child, but actually my interest in martial arts came from my, my really big imagination, as you can see back here. I got my superheroes that are always watching over me. It's <laughs> so corny, but, um, yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. I'm seeing but uh, when I was a kid, I didn't want to be an astronaut. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a scientist. I wanted to be a hero. 
So I figured the best way to start becoming a hero was to train. So I got a black belt in Ishimaru Karate when I was like 13, which, you know, just taught me a base, you know, for kicks, you know, how to keep my feet underneath my body. Uh, but then high school came around. I was pretty good at football, but wrestling, wrestling was, man, up close and personal. I got pretty good at wrestling. My freshman year, I went undefeated in the regular season. I lost at regionals. Uh, and then my sophomore year, I really turned it up. I played six sevens in state. I think that was my junior year. So that was the most accomplished I got in wrestling. But uh, after high school, what do you do? You know, it, as a wrestler, what do you do after high school? Do you, uh, MMA was just starting to blow up. I remember that Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner fight. That happened right after I finished high school. So it wasn't, MMA wasn't at the level that it is now where you got all these kids training. And they and they know martial arts from they know mixed martial arts from when they're eight, nine, ten, you know, as opposed to when I got started off, it was a guy putting one or two skill sets together and you know picking up the rest along the way. So I really wanted to be here. I got good wrestling, and then after high school, what do you do? So I started to box as as you do. So I started to box, and it turned out, you know, as as my name implies, uh, my hands are pretty sharp. So uh, I wanted to box, and I did a couple of amateur boxing fights. Coach was like, "You really, you really, really should try an MMA fight." And the rest was history. I did a bunch of backyard bar brawls, you know, those, you know, fence fights in somebody's backyard. I did like 17, 18 of those, you know. And then the passion grew. I wanted to actually start fighting real competitors. And then back in 2011 is when I had my first sanction. The rest is history. That's actually great because I was going to ask you, how the hell did you get the nickname Sharp? I've known you so long, and even then, didn't know about that one myself. And then um, the other thing, too, that, that background in karate, it, it leads me to um, to another question that I had. And I, I had Coach Dan the same question. I said, uh, Sifu Dan, you know, would, would, do you see yourself ever competing in, like, a karate combat, which I think is a great thing to do that now? That's a really good question. So I'll, I'll go there, and then I'll tell you how I got the, the nickname Sharp. Very good question. Uh, so as I get older, I'm 36, uh, which, you know, it's not the oldest in the world. I still feel great. I feel stronger than I ever have. Uh, but MMA is a very taxing sport on the body. Uh, you know, up, down, up, down, ground, you know, the wrestling. You know, it takes its toll, and I got a bunch left in me. but I'm starting to think, you know, I did a couple kickboxing fights, and those were really fun, really fun. So I'm thinking, and plus, the karate karate combat, there's a ground element, but it's five seconds, I believe, and then got to stand up. And I like, I, I really, I I like that. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a possibility you might see me do something like a karate combat or like a modified rules kickboxing fight, something like that. So yeah, that'd be great. And then the nickname Sharp. So when I moved, when I moved to the uh, Sussex County in New Jersey, I'm from New Jersey. When I moved to Sussex County in New Jersey, uh, I had to fight a lot because there wasn't a lot of uh, black kids in the neighborhood. And my brother had to fight a lot too because he would, you know, his brother was black. He had to stick up for me a whole, a whole lot. So I started to, you know, fight a lot of the kids. And then I started to fight a lot of the kids' big brothers. And then it got to a point where I was in kids' dad's faces, and I was saying things like, go get your dad, go get your dad. And then, you know, 
the, the cops, the OGs that would be sitting on their porches would always just look out and say, oh, better watch out. That boy's sharp. That boy's sharp. And then kids in the neighborhood just started calling me sharp. They'd be like, well, they wouldn't call me sharp. They would say, oh, 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 oh that boy's sharp. And then people just started calling me sharp from 13 till now. You know, it just it started off as a joke. Started off as a joke. Oh, that boy's sharp. That boy, oh, watch out. Watch out. Oh, don't go talking to him. That boy's sharp. And it stuck. And I've, I think I've thus far been able to live up to that name. Yeah, I didn't know that it had that much context. I was like, man, I wonder how it happened. I wonder if he fought somebody, something happened. He elbowed someone. He, you know, he David Lazo somebody with it. But that's actually pretty dope that you got that story. I'm just shocked you was in somebody's daddy's face. I mean, I can't, I can't say that I'm like too shocked because I grew up in Yonkers and you know mm-hmm. we we knock on people's windows and talk to their father and be like, hey, yo, oh, yeah, 100%, like yeah. son. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about that too, and then I was like, man, that's a pretty awesome thing. And then yeah, the karate combat I think is one of those. It's super underrated still. It's still in like it's it's opening phases and it's just becoming bigger and bigger. You know, Bosh oh, yeah. Rutan, Machida. GSP, these guys. GSP, yeah, GSP is on top of it. Uh, Boss, isn't uh, I think Bizbing does a little bit of uh, commentary for it. Maybe I know that Boss Rudin does heavy commentary for it. Yeah, it's it's really growing, and I love the skill set of some of these guys. Really showing that base, that karate base, so that you could see, you know, because as of as of the last few years, you know, there's this big bullshit bullshito um, exposure on, on the internet. You know, if you if you're martial artist and sound you will get exposed. And uh, people like to lump karate into that category, not really knowing that karate, you know, it establishes a great base. Uh, you know, it's, it's really good muscle memory. Wonderboy Thompson will tell you himself, you know. So I'm really loving the growth of the sport. Absolutely. As a guy that started in Ryurukushin karate. I believe nah. that's, uh, I say, yeah, I started in Ryurukushin. And then I was like, all right, and I wanted to learn Kyukushin. That was the next one. And then Kempo. Um, I did Kempo for like a month. I didn't do as well. I wanted to do better, but I'm definitely down to train a little more and get a little better at it. But I, I do see that karate has unfortunately been given this like really negative connotation, and it sucks because those are you know that's a great martial art. But speaking of martial arts, I did want to mention I have trained with you not just on the one on ones, but we've trained on the mats together. And brother, you, you're 36, you move like you're 22. It's a pain in the ass to wrestle with you. It's a pain in the ass to grapple with you. So from experience, I'm telling everybody at your home, sharp grabs you, fucking move, like do whatever you need to do to get away because it's 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 a vice grip that the guy has on him. So I was watching some of your older fights and I saw the ACC event. I saw the Wally Alves fight. Uh, Thing of beauty, by the way, that was amazing. Thank Wally's you, thank really you. really good. And you know to see the way you handled him, and I think that at that point it was a little bit of like the veteran versus the rookie, and he was kind of figuring out that there's a little bit of you know this, the experience yeah. makes a bigker difference than we thought it did. Um, you did the K series, which that match was fun. It looks like you and your opponent, you guys are always tagging each other, laughing and cracking yeah, up. Yeah, we we had time. a great time. We had a great time. Yeah, he was a really game opponent, man. That 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 was uh that was really fun, really 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 fun. Because I was looking for that one specifically, not to cut you off. Um, for that one specifically. I was really looking forward to because I did a kickboxing fight prior to that, and I won against another really game opponent, uh, but I whiffed a lot of big punches, and I was still throwing these big MMA bombs, and I didn't realize that you had to really center yourself and, and uh, pick your shots. And I had to remember why they call me sharp, because when I throw punches, they land. I don't, you know, no pointless punches. And uh, I learned in my first kickboxing fight, man, 
I whipped a lot of punches and got tired, really tired. So in that fight, I was really looking forward to showcasing my skill set, showcasing like the calm that I had uh, I had uh, drilled into my muscle memory. And it was a really game opponent that I had to do it against. So, uh, yeah, it was really good. yeah, man, that was fantastic. And it looked like a lot of fun. And then, like you said, you know, that sharp, being sharp with those techniques, being sharp with those moves, um, it kind of reminds me of Israel Adesanya where he says, you know, I'm not like everybody else. I just don't shoot blindly. He goes, you know, I shoot to kill. I aim and then I shoot. Yeah. I thought that was kind of similar to that that Izzy mentality because he's really good at that. He 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 says it himself. He's like, I'm player one. Mm, nah, I'm yeah, not an NPC. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to just move stuff to move stuff. I'm trying to make sure that I get it. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Thank you. That's and, how I uh, man. appreciate it. Right, man. And I've I've seen that that's something that you do really well. And then um you mentioned being 36, and like I said, you move like a fucking cougar, dude. You just shoot and I'm like, crap, this is gonna be hard. This is gonna be a long day for me. You're in fantastic shape. And, you know, being 36, you definitely didn't have it the easy way because your generation kind of bleeds into my generation. We're not that far apart in age. Yeah. But y'all had it really fucking hard in the beginning of this MMA shit because at the time, I think Jersey had legalized MMA, but I think it was only amateur MMA, right? For, so, for yeah, we had time. amateur MMA and um, we couldn't strike to the head on the ground. Mm. So we had to really... So... So... um. We we really had to groundwork was everything. Actually, the the motto of my first uh, my first gym was on the back of our shirts. You'd see on the back of our shirts it said "This end up," because the, nowadays you could win off of your back. You could win off of your back. You could you know, but back then if you were on your back, you were losing. You were losing. So uh, so. Back then, it was all about gaining that top pressure, top pressure, top pressure, everything top pressure uh, in New Jersey because you couldn't strike to the head. So you had to keep them down. You had to move like Dagestani wrestlers, you know. You had to just keep, move from one thing to another, S-grip, gable grip, whatever you could do, keep them. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you've, like I said, you're a 12-year fight veteran. How in the hell have you managed to do this for 12 years? Like, I'm, I'm 28. I turned 29 in March. And I'm like, man, I'm I'm already counting it down. I'm like, I got you know one year to do the amateurs, and then from thirty to forty, that's it. Like, I don't I don't think I'll go past that point. But how the hell have you maintained this shape? And you know, I've watched the fights from back in 2012, 2013, some of those videos of you, and you know, the gloves with the shin guards and knocking dudes out and just having a great time. But like, how the hell have you been able to do this? Like, what's the what's the secret to the longevity? So there really is no secret. It it happened by accident, really, because um. I took a decent amount of time off between fights. And I think I would actually advise a lot of these guys that, you know, the game plan is get as many fights in, fight a lot, fight a lot, fight a lot, fight a lot, you know, reach the top that way. Uh, whereas I think that the, the real key would be to space your fights out, space your fights out. Don't train through injury too much. You know, start, you know, I started my first sanctioned fight. I was 23. Um, I started, I started off, I had seven fights in one year in 2011. Yeah, 20, uh, seven fights in one year, 2011. I fought some pretty high-level guys that year, too. Uh, and then I didn't fight for two years. I trained, but I didn't fight, you know. And then from that point on, all of my fights were relatively high-profile. Belt, title belt fights, you know, big venues, big things. Uh, make yourself a commodity, fight less. Fight good, fight less, make yourself a commodity, you know, but train hard in the interim because people people see the work in your fights 
and they don't realize how much better it looks in the gym. You know, train with some good training partners. Don't train through injuries too much. You know, space space your fights out because you know I I want a long lasting legacy that you know, and I was really focused on being able to keep fighting to the point where my kids could potentially come to a venue and watch watch me fight. Whereas being six seven and you don't want them in that crazy crowd. My daughter is ten, you know. I want I'd like for her to come see a couple in person. You know, so longevity, spacing your fights out, you know, don't train through injuries too much. Yeah, I sound like a broken record, but you know what I mean. No, but that that means you actually believe what the fuck you're saying. Some people will only say it and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah and kind of not do that. They'll deviate from that path. And it's like you said, because I was watching um the countdown to UFC 295. Tom Aspinall was saying that he ran out of opponents and his father was saying that that was a blessing in disguise because they yeah. gave him two years off. Yeah. And it kind of gave him the space to kind of breathe. Then he went to Cage Warriors. And then again, the threat of, like, having too much time off. He was like, no, a year is fine. But, like, now we're at a point where there's nobody else for me to fight. Then he went to the UFC, which turned out to be a great move. Then he yeah. took the year off after the injury, the Curtis Blade fight. He, he threw that leg kick and broke his own shit. Oof. Mm. It, always, it always hurts to watch a guy, like, it's something different when you get knocked out. Because I guess, like, from my experience in sparring, not competing. But I've been knocked out in sparring, and it's fucking terrible, but it's not the worst thing. I watched it back, and I've laughed a couple of times. Like, shit, yeah. that was good. That was a good shot. But when you like when you see a guy break something, that shit is just horrible. Yeah, that's a huge fear of mine in, in competing. You know, getting a big break or something. You know, I, I see these videos, and I ask people to stop sending me these things. But, uh, like, people will go for, like, a big body lock takedown, and they'll keep their leg planted, and next thing you know, their leg is sideways. And- I think about stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, because there's no career after that. No career, none. I took the whole summer off because I had a couple, um, I had bursitis in my elbow, and then I got some chipped bones going on. So I took a whole summer off just to make sure that I'd be tip-top shape because big things coming, big things coming from you, boy. Well, you know, I before we get into the big things, you were talking about your daughter, which I see all the time. You two are like partners in crime. It's the most beautiful thing to see. Like, as a father, I'm jealous because I can't, you know, my daughter's in Florida. But, like, it's wonderful to see it. It's so amazing. And you guys always look like you're having a great time. Um, you know, when you have that in your life, I- I've seen a lot of uh, fighters, Aaron Till, um, Ian Gary, a lot of those guys talk about, like, those young guys talk about it now how they're just having their kids and how it changes their frame. Rafael Desanya said the same thing. Yeah. And uh, who else was it? There was another fighter recently that said he had a kid. And it, like I think it was uh, uh, Charles Dubronx, Oliveira. He said yeah. after he had his daughter. You know who else? Oh, that's you know, um, hmm? Donald, Donald Cerrone. You remember his first couple fights after having his kid? Mm-hmm. Savage. Savage. Yeah. So after yeah. he named his son Jackson Danger, I was like, "Oh man, this Ooh. kid's gonna be bad." At but yeah. so I, I think we talk about that mind yeah. shift. Oh man, so so actually, my biggest gap in the sport was about three and a half, four years, right? Where I I honestly thought that I wasn't gonna fight anymore. I was doing a little coaching, I was training. I honestly didn't because I didn't really have like a a passion for it really anymore. I lost this really close, really close fight by a split decision and it kind of just like like snapped my mental a little bit 
because I was like, ah, man, you know, I really thought I won that. But, uh, but not only that, you know, I, that was good work I just did. Anyway, you know, I took a pretty long break, and then I had some life issues with my son and his mother. Uh, so I was ripping and running for a few years, and then my daughter was born. And as you mentioned, you see my daughter and I were like partners in crime. Uh, as soon as my daughter was born, something just, just changed. I looked down at her, and I was like, man, when she gets older, when she's my age, I want her to talk about me like, like I wish I could talk about a parent. You know, so I just started working on setting the example on that day. Uh, I didn't know I was going to fight again. I just, yeah, I linked up with Adam, you know, Adam, Coach Bomb, what up? Uh, I linked up with Adam and, uh, you know, as soon as I met him, he was like, oh, dude, you're a fighter. What are you doing? Because, you know, he saw it. There's this thing in the back of your eyes, you know, and this, this, there's this longing, you know, Henry Hook. Last night, we had a seminar with Henry Hoof last night. Uh, Henry Hoof said, uh, fighting chooses you. You don't choose fighting. Fighting chooses you. So uh, my daughter was born. I, uh, I took a lot of time off from working to take care of her. And with all that time off, I was able to train again. And my first fight back in the mix was a title fight on Triton, which is now Flex. It was a title fight for them. And uh, I lost that one. Very close decision. But it, it just it started something, and it's just been go 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 ever since. Uh, so yeah, she, I, I just want her to look at me and be proud. She's the first person I call after a fight. Uh, she's the only person I confide in about how, how my emotions are leading into a fight. Like I was kind of nervous leading into this Wallace fight because he had a lot to prove going into that one. He was coming off I think two losses. Uh, he's a champion now, by the way. He just won a championship belt. Um, he, uh, I was nervous going into that fight. I, I was, wasn't very confident in my jiu-jitsu going into that because I knew he knew that I was a savage here, uh, very technical technician. I'm not like a crazy, you know, I'll pick the one that's going to put, put you out. And he knew it because he fought off the back foot a lot. Uh, I was nervous going into that fight. And I confided in my daughter. I told her, look, I'm nervous. Nervous. And I know I seem all put together and composed, but but I'm nervous. And she would just hug me. She would say stuff like, you know, it's funny because she's a child. So the things that she says aren't something I would say to, like, you, but, like, it means a lot. So she said, it's okay, because even if you lose, I'm going to love you anyway. Uh, and, you know, just gave me – that's why if you if you watch the, the rollback to my last few fights, I just got this big old bright smile on my face at the weigh-ins, walking out to the fight. I'm just so excited. You know, win, lose, or draw, it's not about becoming UFC champion anymore. It's not about – it's not about, you know, uh, fighting Conor McGregor for $3 million or four, whatever, best offer. <laughs> it's, it's about um, – it's about making her proud and showing her what a sportsman is like. Showing her what it's like to go out there and show your craft and be nervous and be scared because you're about to fight somebody. You're going to bleed. You're going to hurt, right? To go out there and do that performance while everybody's watching, stay composed, stay, keep that championship mind frame and, you know, you know stand tall. You know, be proud of all the hard work you put in because she's doing, uh, she's acting now. She just did Frozen a couple months ago. 
She's doing Sound of Music next month. Yeah. So I'm showing her how to be a classy, respectful performer, you know, as a sportsman or a woman. You know what I mean? I know what you meant. Or, 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 know or they, or, you know. Right. But um, aside from being a class act, bravo to your daughter. That was wonderful. That's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you, you'd said something that I actually was talking to my wife about the other night and I was like, you know, I'm so nervous because I waited so long to start my career now as a fighter and I'm terrified of it. I'm like, man, what if I go out there and like, I'm not who I think I am. And I think that that's something that we've all at one point, you oh, yeah. to look in the mirror mm -hmm. and go, holy shit, what if I'm not who I think I am? Like, what does that mean to me and the future? But then what your daughter said was exactly it. That's the precious moment. I'm going to love you regardless. And that kind of like, it takes off that chip off your shoulder. And then you're like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm going to have a good time. I'm oh, here yeah, for just go out there and have a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you hit like a mule, bro. You're going to do just fine. Yeah, thank you, man. When we did miss the first time, you're like, no, 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 slow down, slow down. And I was like, I'm sorry. Did I do something wrong? And you were like, no, well, dude. You, we you all want to impress our coach. We all want to impress our coach. Henry Hooked was there last night. And I, you know, I'm sharp. And yet, you know, there was a couple times where I'm like, oh, oh, wait, oh, oh, oh. Because, you know, coach is watching. Coaches watching, and you you want to do, and that's what the performance is. That's that's what the fight is. The fight is doing your training with all of these people watching and all of these lights, and with intent. I think um, I had a coach back in Texas used to tell me uh, fighting in the amateurs is like glorified sparring, and then fighting in the professional level is also glorified sparring, but you can actually hurt the other guy. Oh yeah, um, well you could actually. So you could throw exactly. something, yeah. But yeah, it, it really is. And that's how I started to treat it in my later career. That's why you can see the focus, the shift from my earlier career where I was just, you know, wild, knock them out, to my later career where, you know, very calm, very composed. Because I'm treating it like a sparring session with the rookie that's trying to take my head off. I think everyone that gets in there knows that that's what the other guy's there to do. And I feel like maybe that's why after some you know you have great amount of experience you're one of the smarter guys that i know i've watched your fight IQ go like this every time we train together you'll be like oh you know something instead of putting your foot there put your foot there because that's gonna help you with not all balancing when you throw that punch and i was like wait what and so i try it and i'm like oh that technique works beautifully and you're like i know trial and error right like it works but then the other thing that i was also going to think about was like you have sharp fit uh, sharp athletic fit. Well, my last. My apologies. Sharp fit athletic. I see you, exactly, man. You have your shit, and your shit is dope. And I see your clients, and all your clients are getting in better and better and better shape. I've been watching over like four months. Of That's them. That's their work. That's them. They do it. Absolutely, but you know what? A good coach makes a big difference because when I tried to lose weight the first time, I did it by myself. I was like, well, you know, I used to do this all the time. I put on a sauna suit. I'll put on some albaline to sweat, and I'll go yeah, running yeah, every day, yeah. for, you know, an hour didn't have the same effect as as it does when i started training with you when i got a strength and conditioning coach for a while you know i was fucking 250 i'm down to like 210 now which i'm happy about, I'm talking about baby. <laughs> thank you brother but with your business your fight career and everything that you've done so far when it's all said and done and i've asked dan the same question what do you want to be your legacy so i made a post after my last fight it might not have meant much to everybody else, but it meant a lot to me. In my story, they went away. 
uh, I, I, I said, because, you know, we're legends. We train the legends. But I, most of my life I've been about legacy. Uh, the, those that came before me didn't pass down a legacy to be proud of, right? So I want my, my line. It's got to start at me. And I got to establish this legacy, an example for generations to come is what I'm hoping for. Might sound corny to some, but I want my grandkids to look up and be like, you know, if 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 you if you're looking for motivation to go harder, look at grandpa. You, you know what I mean? So I said, legends overcome adversity. So it it none of this has been easy. I have to work. I I I feel like I have to work three times harder than the average dude. I mean, there's guys that get out of their car. They're 24. They get out of their car. They smell like. They get out of their car. They they just got done sitting on the on their couch all day like this. They get up. They go to the gym and they they kick ass obviously because what have you done all day? I had to do three workout sessions, run four miles, just to stay, you know, in the same level as some of these guys. And what we didn't get into here today, and I'll get into one day, is you know I I'm very troubled past. I get uh, off of the cliff notes, but you know, I, di I didn't come from any kind of stability in my family. You know, my family story is crazy. And, you know, based off of everything that I come from, I was destined for nothing. So you, uh, you can change your destiny. My, pretty much what I'm saying is you could be who you want to be. You can be what you want to be. If you can see it inside your mind, you can achieve it. You can get there. You know, I've been in the depths. I've been in random kitchens at 8 a.m. You know, how the hell did I get here? You know, I, I've been partying, wasting life, wasting time. But if I can drag myself out of the depths of my mind and out of the depths of this world and overcome all the adversity and overcome the nothing that I was destined for, then anybody can. There are there, there's not a suitable excuse that I can give myself to stop going. So the people that come after me, I want them to look and really get the full picture of the story and say, nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop me. Absolutely nothing. And I got I, I, I want to say that I've got years left. I'm only 36. You know, and that's the way I want to think about it. That's fucking dope, brother. That's true. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, it sounds like he wants to become the new root that now springs out this whole branch of. Thank you. Yeah. Right. And that's not, you know, for anybody that, that thinks that that's fucking something stupid, you've just never been in that position. Um, you know, I grew up in similar, similar ways than you in that way, too. You know, if you look at my father's story, you look at my story, you look at all the generations prior to the military part of it is great. But then, like, there's all that other dark shit that kind of followed with it. And well, I, maybe military is a result of, you know? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. My grandfather was Special Forces in the Dominican Republic. And when he came here, you know, it didn't mean much. So him and his wife, they worked three jobs. They had a side mm -hmm. hustle to pay their bills. They raised, you know, nine kids. Yeah. It's a different time. You know, yeah. But yeah. It's hard to do it. And then you got to take that and move into something else. And it's difficult, but you know what? It's worth it. Ultimately, my parents had me here in the States. 
um you know i'm very grateful to be able to do that and like to hear you say like i want to be that next one that like my grandkids could look back and go you know look there's proof we did that shit we did it once we can do it again oh yeah and i wish you the best of luck in your journey man thank you brother i appreciate that man um and speaking of legacy which i think you're fucking dope and you're on the right track like you said you're only 36 and a lot of people will forget that 36 is very young still a lot to do with that in mind put you to the test today it's gonna be a lightning round i'm gonna give okay. you seven questions there we go let's do it i'm gonna get the timer out we're gonna fucking do this the time to beat is let me double check because i think teddy actually has the best time currently oh teddy <laughs> yeah man oh, teddy's teddy got a fight coming up i think 32 today. seconds 60 32.64 seconds my apologies okay all right let's let me do get it this timer up. all right brother Stopwatch. All right, I'm going to give you the first question, then we start the timer. Ready? Got it. All right. MMA or BJJ? MMA. UFC or Bellator? Bellator. Lightweight or welterweight? Lightweight. Another K-Series event or another Flex Series fight? Flex. No, no offense to K-Series. No, you got it. Stand and bang or ground and pound? Ground and pound. Okay, arm bars or rear naked chokes? Rear naked chokes. Wow, my man is on the leaderboard, 28 seconds. Boom! Take that, Teddy. I mean, <laughs> good luck tonight, Teddy. That's, fucking, that's definitely what we wanted, and you know what? I'm happy with it. Got a new leaderboard. It's you in first, Teddy in second, Coach Dan in third. I wonder where Ben's going to place. Um, dance time is like three minutes and change because he really oh. thought out his, his answers. You know, He's very thoughtful. So now we have that there. And then I uh, wanted to ask you another question, not on, the, not on the lightning round, but just a basic one that I think we all need to ask. What's a better walkout song, Barbie Girl by Aqua or Shake It Off by Taylor Swift? Now we get to Take the real question. Shake it off. Take- really? Yeah, you know why? Because Barbie Girl, Barbie Girl is, is fun. It's fun. It'll lighten the mood for the crowd walking out. It'll cut some of the tension, right? But shake it off has, has you could imply it, you could apply it to the situation, you know, because when you know the fight before your fight comes on or goes out, you're like, damn it, I'm next, I'm fucking next, and now you're like, you're going, you're going, you're going, and then usually I'll play like a heavy metal song to like, so that you get adrenaline dump, right? But shake it off could really just put a smile on your face and say, just like, you know, shake it off. So I think shake it off wins out. All right, man. I, I respect the answer. You really came with it, and I, and I respect that one. You are the man with the time to beat moving forward. Um, before we let you go, if anybody that's watching in the world wants to reach you, where can they reach you? And you said the big things were coming, so what's next for Sharp? So one of two things is going to happen for Sharp. Right. Well, pending changes based on what my uh, coaches think. But uh, so we're even going to fight for a big, 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 big amateur scrap, which there's strap, which doesn't really mean much. It'll just be another prep. But if another a better off, because we've been looking for a fight for six, seven months now, but nothing really makes sense for where I'm trying to go for my career. I could have fought and lost to this guy or that guy. I could have fought and won to this guy or that guy. Easy fights, easy fights, hard fights, hard fights. But 
not everything makes sense. So, uh, and as a coach, I want to increase my credentials. So we're thinking, we're thinking pro by June. So be on the lookout, watch my training camp, watch me go. You're going to see, uh, it's going to be electric. We'll just say that. That I know, that I know for sure. So for anyone that wants to follow Sharp, I'm going to put it down in the description. You're going to see Sharp's Instagram handle. Go ahead and follow him there. Follow him at his business page as well. I'm going to add that. Uh, Sharp, I need to do more work so on my coming. business page. It's been rough, you know, because I, I do my main page most. But so I'll start to put more on my uh, on my business page, you know, as uh, as time goes on. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for your time, brother. And for everyone at home, thank you for your curiosity. You know how much that means to me. Um, Sharp, sure. again, thank you for being vulnerable with us today. I greatly appreciate it, brother. 100%. And I look forward to talking to you soon, brother. Everybody take care. Stay safe. And God bless. Oh. <laughs> Good to go. All right, Sharp. We're good. Let me get hey, up. man, you're the man. Got it, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks, you dude. Then. Thanks a lot, man. I'm going to run off to this pumpkin blade. You be safe. Thanks a lot, bro. You'll send me you the link where I can watch it and everything? Yeah, yeah, of course. Once I have it up, I got to edit it still. I got to add a few things because, you know, got the Santa Bull contract. got a sponsorship with these guys now. Hell yeah. So we got to get that done first. I got to edit it. My brother has to go through the the final edits. Or he's gonna yeah. Yeah, 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 man. You're the man. Thanks, bro. Thank you, brother. Take care. Cheers, bro. Cheers.